to season two of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected, where we share inspiring stories with artists and art professionals on a wide range of topics, including race, work ethics, inspiration, and the ways in which art influences and is affected by culture. Join us as we continue the journey of sharing the interesting and inspiring stories of some of today's hottest artists and art professionals in the industry. Let's go! On this episode, we're joined by Muna Malik, the multidisciplinary artist whose work spans photography, painting, and sculpture to include a wide array of mediums that seek to create cultural awareness and understanding. Her work has been featured in Art Forum and ID Magazine. Malik explores the complexities and entanglements between individuals and communities. The two core interrelated strands to her practice are using abstraction to explore the variations and nuances of identity, and the second is creating platforms for community and connection through interactive installations, sculpture, and photography. While this episode, recorded in 2020, touches on her work with Four Freedoms and its national campaigns throughout the U.S., Malik also participated in the Fountainhead Artist Residency Program in Miami. The month-long residency hosts artists from across the globe. Operating annually, the residency hosts 30 to 40 artists per year. Malik, born in Yemen, is a first-generation Black Yemeni immigrant whose road to the arts came by way of her innate passion to help others. Sit back, relax, and dive into this episode with Muna Malik. Where did you grow up? And can you describe a little bit about your experiences as a young girl? I grew up in Sana'a, Yemen, um, the youngest of six. I have five older brothers. And most of my memories as a kid kind of just consist of me attempting to join my brothers in any of their adventures around the city. We lived on the outskirts of the old city in Sana'a. We eventually made our way to the Emirates and from the Emirates to the United States. I was the youngest and only girl. So at the same time, kind of being like the fonded over baby of the family. Yes, of course. I was the littlest growing up as well. The only girl in the house. and But I was also like a terror. There are stories that the family tells of me just being incredibly crazy and always involved in something, playing with crayons and paint all over the house. So yeah, I I understand what you mean completely. Where's your family from? My family's from Yemen. All my brothers were born and raised there. My mother is Somali and East African and was born in Hergesa and eventually made her way to Yemen where we all kind of grew up. I mostly feel like an American at this point, given the fact that I've lived here during my formative years. How long have you lived in the U.S.? And what would you say is the most interesting part of living in America for you? Yeah, I think I've lost count. Living in the U.S. for me, honestly, has just been mostly adventure. I went to school with the thought process of being a doctor and wanting to be a surgeon over time, kind of found that that wasn't really where my passion was, got the opportunity to work for an incredible nonprofit that does disaster relief work called Team Rubicon. And while working with them, kind of came to the understanding that I really love helping people, but my actual passion and my hobbies all growing up happened to be art related. And that was really where I, where I thrived and kind of was the reason that I was pushing forward to begin with. I eventually found my way leaving the nonprofit to do art full time. So for me, 
being in the U.S. is is the definition of having the ability to try so many different things and also having the security enough to be able to pursue being an artist. I don't think if I'd stayed in the Middle East or if my family had stayed in the Middle East, I would be able to do what I'm currently doing. Right. So therefore, you feel a sense of um, freedom, as you described. Yeah, a sense of a sense of freedom and ability to pursue what fulfills me and having the ability to do that without a fear. Yes. What would you say is the most challenging part for you of living in America? I think the most challenging part of living in the U.S. is all of the identity politics, but also the challenges of attempting to exist here, attempting to exist here as a Black woman in America. Specifically for me, uh, I see myself as a Black woman in America, but when I am meeting other women of color or, or black women specifically obviously have a very different background and, and upbringing i think a lot of people can can relate to having to deal with identity politics i would think that would be like the biggest challenge that i found and getting back to your art and your artwork are you classically trained as an artist i'm not classically trained in a, as an artist um my first dive into art was through photography. I bought myself a camera in my teens and learned how to take manual photos with an old school film camera. I fell in love um, with photography in that way. Coming from an immigrant family, being an artist isn't necessarily what family pushes you towards. So for me, photography was an escape from the environment around me. And, and, and from photography, found myself kind of getting more and more interested with mixed media work, using photography and textiles, and from there, combining textiles and fabric with sculpture. My art practices now has been heavily focused on sculpture and in some ways abstraction, whether that's abstraction using painting or abstraction using multiple mediums. I would consider myself to be a multidisciplinary artist because I like tinkering with new mediums until I find the right medium that fits whatever project I'd like to work on. You mentioned that you're a multidisciplinary artist and you choose materials based on projects that you're going to be doing and iterations of work. Do you have any preferred mediums that you like to work in? Right now, sculpture is what's calling me and, and particularly working with mirrors and metalwork. I've learned how to weld there's a physicality to being able to work with heavy machinery and with steel and some of these substances that makes me feel more alive in a way that sometimes painting or photography can't really touch. At the end of the day in the workshop, my body feels what I was doing. And I can, regardless of what I produced, if it's something that I'll ever show or never or kind of just keep at the back of the studio forever. I, I know that I had gotten something done in a way that sometimes I don't necessarily feel when it comes to. And is for you, is that a gratifying experience? Oh, yes. I think being an artist through COVID has made that more apparent than ever that I need to feel like I'm using my time um, effectively or that I'm producing. Life is short, but also everything around you and the environment and community and the world around us can change in a heartbeat and being able to control my time and what I'm doing in a day and knowing that at the end of the day I can look and see 
the output of what I was focused on for a few hours is, is really gratifying and makes the, the anxiety of COVID and the uncertainty of the world a little bit easier to deal with. Yes, it's interesting. I've been describing in my own life or just in my own thoughts, I've been describing COVID for me as a great equalizer. It was a period where I was able to step away from my life in a way that I never had been able to before because of the constant daily grind of working, of surviving, of getting out of survival mode and thinking about thriving, but still having to work every day and having to put your attention on something every day that would take you away from what you could potentially be passionate about. So for me, there was just this moment of like getting back to zero is kind of like a phrase that I use often if I'm jumping off the walls about something, you know, or if I'm super excited or if I'm super upset or like if I'm very emotional about something, sometimes I use this phrase getting back to zero. And I felt like COVID and the beginning of the lockdown and in the beginning of being really in the thick of the pandemic where, you know, you couldn't leave home, things weren't open. I just felt like I was I was having this incredible opportunity to sort of reset my life, reset my consciousness. And it was, it's been very therapeutic for me and very transformational. I wanted to move forward and ask you a little bit about the work that you do with For Freedoms. How did that work begin? And what were the connections or series of connections that created the opportunity for you to collaborate with For Freedoms? My first Think actually, I haven't thought about this in quite a while. My first connection to Four Freedoms was getting a chance to meet Hank Wells Thomas and Rue Rajuku, Hockley, his wife, and and their introduction to Four Freedoms was the billboard, the initial billboard campaign and photo shoot for the, I think this was probably 2017 or 18. They were they were doing these photographs of the the four freedoms and recreating what the four freedoms paintings would look like today. That was my introduction to that project and campaign and getting to meet a few of the leaders of the four freedoms team from, from Wyatt, Hank. And then as far as working with four freedoms in 2018, or I should say collaborating with four freedoms in 2018, I went on a photo trip to Hedegesa specifically and, and the outskirts and cities around um, that major city in Somalia. I initially just photographing different families that would like lead me to other families and kind of understanding the impacts of civil war and understanding the impacts of immigration and migration and how that country has been impacted by civil war and civil unrest and the need and search for safety. I ended up taking some photos of, of, of different refugees and migrants in the outskirts of, of different parts of Somalia. And coming back from that, had started sharing a few of those images, I think on social media, but as well as just like email threads with friends, at which point I got a, an email back from the Four Freedoms team asking if I was interested in taking part in the uh, billboard campaign that they had going for the 2018 midterm elections, at which point I was just like, yeah, of course. And so I submitted one of my photographs from Somalia that had a um, had a Bible verse, Exodus 22:21, which was about immigration and having 
people take a step back a lot specifically evangelical Christians or just Christians in general having them sit back and think about how anti-immigrant sentiment is like essentially against the fabric of Christianity given the fact that Jesus wasn't a a refugee you know and so that was my initial forte the the first billboard I believe was in North Carolina and from then it's just kind of been like a fun collaborative relationship where I really love the work that they do I love the work that they've produced in the past and continue to produce but I also just love what the organization stands for as someone who's politically engaged this year they sent out an email to artists asking them like what question or prompt would you give, would you like to give like with your billboard if, if you'd like to do a billboard? And so what I decided to do is I took a photograph of the, I took a photograph of the 2020 George Floyd protests here in Los Angeles. It's a fairly simple photograph. It's of a young black man, like fist in the air, but it's a close up of his fist, but with the background being the federal courthouse of Los Angeles and like the flags that surround it. And my simple question is how many pro- how many protests do we need? Because I feel like our, our movements are powerful, but the fact that we need to consistently have a new movement or uprising every few months because of people's lives being taken unjustly is, is a real shame and a tragedy in this country. I think it's one way to kind of help people see that this has been an ongoing issue and it's probably sadly going to be a continuous issue and how can we actually address that? What do you find particularly meaningful and important in the work that you're doing with Four Freedoms? I think I've always thought that art is inherently political, even if an artist doesn't necessarily want a piece to be political based off of who they are, whether they're like a white cis man or like myself a black woman, the work that we make, regardless of our intention, has some ways like a commentary on the politics around us and the politics of our society. And so my work um, with Four Freedoms is just another way to like really dig into that. You know, how can something like a simple question of how many protests do we need can tackle so many different viewpoints or asking people to think of a Bible verse with a photograph of refugees, like is another way to get people to kind of think of their internal biases and what they choose to believe and how the belief can sometimes shatter when connected to something that they may or may not have negative viewpoints and malady of a lot of these issues that we deal with. And so I think my work with Four Freedoms is a very direct way to have these conversations, whereas some of my other work is a little bit more open for interpretation. Yes, I understand. Do you find that you have the opportunity to have these kinds of conversations and open dialogue with more people as a result of the work that you're doing with For Freedoms? Definitely. I think they've managed to develop a really good uh, platform for artists to be able to represent some ideas that may or may not be possible to have put on a platform with other organizations or maybe even like the more traditional art space with like galleries and museums. Museums are a little bit different conversation, but I think that they've done a really good job giving a very direct platform for artists to be able to like reach peers, but also reach the masses. 
Yes, definitely. What is it that you enjoy most about creating art and generally being a creative person? I generally enjoy that art has given me the ability to be free in, in what I'm creating. Being able to pick up a camera on Monday and, and walk around Los Angeles and, and produce some, some photo work and then waking up on Tuesday and deciding today I'm going to be in the studio painting. You know, having the ability to repeat that every day without having any major limitations is, I think, the definition of what I think is free. Art has given me the ability to do that, but it also has given me solace in a world that is filled with so much uncertainty and can be anxiety-inducing for other folks. It's just a good, uh, it's a great escape. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I work as a writer besides the podcast and other things that I'm doing, and I find that when I tap into my writing and I finish a session, especially if it's a profile of someone and it requires so much of me putting in myself to interpret what I feel or think or perceive about someone or just use my own skill and talent to create a picture of another person, that I finish that session and I feel this like sense of release. Like I feel so much lighter, very relaxed, even if my mind is completely spent and I'm super tired. There's also this incredible feeling of relaxation. And for me, that kind of translates to a sense of being free. So yeah, I I definitely understand what you mean for sure. This is a little bit of an interesting question and it's not something I've ever asked anyone, but it's something that I'm very curious about. If you could envision a future world, can you describe some of the things that would take place in that world? What would it look like? What would it feel like? And who would be participating in it? That's a really great question. If I could envision a future world, I think for me, the most idyllic and relatively like achievable world would be one where everyone has access to proper education. Everyone has access to quality healthcare and everyone has access to all the basic needs and, and, and resources to live. The sad reality is that is possible. There are countries in Europe that have managed to do that for their citizens. It's possible to do that here in the U.S. But sadly, there are lots of competing voices and power structures set up to prevent us from being able to do that, which is kind of crazy. It's like the ideal future that I'm looking for and I would want for those and everyone around me is really not that hard to get to if we all just work together. But the super ideal would be kind of all those things, but also an emphasis on artistic sovereignty and one where capitalism isn't necessarily like the hallmark of our everyday lives. You know, what would it look like if people were taught and told that they didn't need to necessarily work, you know, 40 to 80 hour work weeks each week to survive and live? What would it look like if, if work was 20 hours a week and you kind of spent the rest of the time focused on family and and yourself and your mental health a collective community or getting back to more collective communities could also be really interesting with all those basic things taken care of we can really hone in and and try and solve some deep-seated issues that we're all dealing with but also kind of have more of time and space to tackle things like climate change, you know, and income inequality. Well, I guess income inequality wouldn't exist if we managed to get the other things solved, right? So yeah, that would be my ideal future. But sadly, a lot of selfish people are running this country. And in order for us to get to where we need to be, people have to let go of greed and self, self-interest. self Yes. 
Absolutely. In your professional life, do you prefer working solo or in teams? That is also another really good question. I think in my work life, it changes depending on what I'm working on. I, I found that this pandemic has kind of helped me and forced me to get better at working in isolation and working solo. But it's also helped me realize that my spirit oftentimes thrives when I'm among others. So I think it depends. If I'm working on a sculpture, I have to be in a solo environment and head down to get the work done. Um, but it's also helpful being able to kind of detach from that, be around others to recharge. So I guess I'm like an introvert and extrovert combined when it comes to when it comes to art and art production. But I think it's yeah, I think it's a mixture of the two. I tend to like to work solo normally, but there are periods where I feel the need to connect with people and have conversations and feel understood and understand others. But there are definitely periods where working extendedly for hours by myself is very good for me. It brings out some of the best in me and I have to get into a groove in order to find that space. What would you, I mean, I'm not sure if you answered this one, but what would you say are some of the benefits for you of working alone versus the benefits of working with others? One of the benefits of working alone is being able to reach a flow state fairly quickly. But one of the downsides of that is the loss of collaboration in a lot of ways. Like what would it look like if visual artists collaborated in the same way that musicians do? So I would say that, yeah, working solo allows me to get more into a really solid flow state. What are you motivated by and what drives you to do the work that you do? Right now, my biggest motivation in creating the work that I'm making is I kind of want to be in a position where, you know, young East African girls can look up to me in some ways and see that it's just possible. Art is a viable career, but also just producing work that highlights people that some people don't necessarily think of right away. There are lots of refugees and, and, and immigrants in the U.S. that look like I do and deal with a lot of the things that I've dealt with, and I kind of want to give them a, a voice in, in, in the best ways I know how as well. What has made those experiences most meaningful and memorable for you? Somalia would be my, my, my most standout trip specific to my work. Pre-COVID, did you often have opportunities to travel in your work? And where were some of the places that your projects took you throughout the world? I know you mentioned Somalia earlier. Due to the travel ban, their immigration status is kind of in this weird purgatory or in this unexpected state where maybe they're in the middle of immigration paperwork in the process to relocate to the United States. But, you know, they're kind of in a weird purgatory. I think purgatory is the best way to describe it. And so what I wanted to do was uh, travel to every country on the ban list. Also, you know, obviously keeping in mind some some countries are impossible to get to, but others a little bit more manageable and doing family portrait style photographs of, of, of people still in those countries and their families and counterparts that are here in the United States that are also kind of in this purgatory trying to reconnect and reunite with their family members abroad. But due to COVID, obviously that project is on hold, as well as just with the political climate in the U.S. I don't know what that project looks like after COVID, depending on if the travel ban still exists or not. Uh, but 
as far as places that my art has definitely taken me to, I think that Somalia is the top of the list for me. And I, ideally, I'd like to someday get back to Yemen as well, where I was born and raised, uh, to be able to do a photo series there. But sadly, it's entirely too dangerous to make that trip now. And I hope to I hope to reunite with my Yes. I wanted to go back to what you mentioned about places in the world that have a travel ban list. I read that some of your work focuses on capturing people in a very intimate way who are on this USA travel ban list. Why are you interested in photographing people that come from these parts of the world? I think for me, the goal is to, at least specific to my photo series, what I like doing is getting to know the folks on the other side of my camera before I ever touch my camera to take a photograph. And the reason that these countries stand out for me is, sadly, due to media and, and due to propaganda associated with the travel ban list, there are lots of people in America that have these negative viewpoints on people that they've never met and people that they probably will never meet based off of false information and the reason i want to do this photo series is kind of like step back and help people hear see and and realize that there's no difference between someone who's dealing with civil war or who is a refugee between them and 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 people here in the u.s or just like in western countries because just due to circumstance any of us could be in that position any of us could be in the position of having to flee home in search of safety and, and and freedom like these misconceptions and, and stereotypes and, and this false information is like really dangerous and dehumanizing people that are just as just as human and just as deserving of freedom as we are. And so this photo series and this project is one way to help people see that we're not all that different and the differences between us that currently exist are all things that could easily be like flipped and helping people to kind of step back from their misconceptions around people coming from these countries. Yes, definitely. Those are all my questions so far. I've covered everything that I wanted to ask you. If there are any last words or maybe like an inspirational message or something that you'd like to say, would there be anything you'd like to share? Yeah, well, one I um, one thing is that I wanted to thank you for this opportunity. This is a great and fun experience. Your questions have been really thoughtful. My only ending point, this year has taught us all how unpredictable the future can be. I just recommend people kind of sit back and realize that things could be a hell of a lot worse. I'm glad that we had a chance to connect. It's nice to just have conversation and share space with people who share your vision or your ideas about different things. It's always, always good to connect. That was our episode with Muna Malik, the Yemeni native whose illustrious mixed-media works include photography, painting, and sculpture, and focus on identity formation and cultural connections. I want to give a big shout-out and a big thank you to Muna for sharing her story and the ways in which art has inspired and impacted her life. And it's a wrap, folks. That's our episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected. Conversations on culture and current events with some of today's hottest creative contemporaries. These episodes were recorded in between New York and Miami and reflect the times we are living in while also adding some commentary to the social, cultural, and political issues of the past year. I'm your host, Folashade Ologundudu, and we'll see you next time. As always, stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay up. Peace and love, y'all. We out.